Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with me, Vincent DiCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer, and Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO. In this episode of CareCast, Roland and I will discuss why the Supreme Court's Masterpiece Cake Shop case matters for pregnancy centers, why pastors have a hard time giving good answers on their views about abortion, and why the actual meaning of the word betrothed can inform pro-life work. So, Ron, we have a couple of things that we, we need to dive into today here yeah. on, on CareCast. A um, mm-hmm. couple of big, I mean, lots of big things happening, probably the biggest of which was uh, the Supreme Court case of Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission. So many people have heard about this case as the case of the, the baker in Colorado, Jack Phillips, mm-hmm. um, who did not bake a cake uh, for a, a gay wedding. Um, he, he did not uh, choose to, to, to serve that, uh, to, to bake that particular cake to celebrate a gay wedding. And the, um, he's obviously been uh, taken to court over that, and it's gone all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. Um, the reason that this case is important for, for CareNet uh, is because the ruling here in this case uh, can have an impact on another case that's going to be heard probably in February, which is uh, NIFLA, or uh, National Institute of Family and Life Advocates, uh, versus Becerra, which which is a case that's going to be heard in the Supreme Court in in February, uh, which is about the California California's Reproductive Fact Act, which requires pregnancy centers in the state of California to give information and referrals to abortion clinics right. and to tell uh, pregnancy center clients about services that are available and state benefits that are available to pay for abortions. Right. Um, so the reason these two cases are linked and the reason that the the, the Baker case matters to us is because if the Supreme Court rules in favor of the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, uh, it could imply that the state, therefore, has uh, has the ability to compel speech. Right. 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 So it's really built around a free speech case, and in this case, a compelled speech case, where the state can compel people to say and do things uh, that are that do not adhere to their own deeply held uh, beliefs or or their freedom of speech in in this case the freedom not to say something right. um, and so if the ca- if the court rules that then they could use that 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 piece of the ruling in the Nifla versus Becerra case to say that therefore the state can compel pregnancy centers to say things that that violate their freedom of conscience and their their free speech so big big stuff and an important yeah. decision it it, re- it really is and we had talked about the uh, the Nifla case earlier mm-hmm. and. Uh, the implications of that for for the pregnancy centers in in California is a similar type of case in Illinois. There's uh, another one out in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It's all the same kinds of thing. And fortunately, we beat back several of these type of free speech mm-hmm. arguments in the past mm-hmm. w- with some other cases. But uh, uh, these these uh, three were able to get some 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 good traction. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting because you know one of the things you know that I kind of say when I first heard this um, that it would be similar to you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. right, who basically encourages folks not to drink right. to right. excess. Right. And drinking is legal. Right, drinking is legal. Drinking is legal. Yeah. So they're encouraging someone not, and actually drinking to excess is legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're actually encouraging someone not to drink to excess mm-hmm. for the good of themselves and the good of society at large, right. right? And it'd be similar to the state saying, well, you know, we don't like the fact that you do that. Somehow, say, maybe the alcohol lobby or something gets a certain amount of power. We don't like the fact that you're trying to stop people who are our potential clients mm-hmm. from drinking. And, and, in fact, drinking to excess. So what we want to do, mm-hmm. we want to force you, mm-hmm. really, to 
at every one of your AA meetings to give people a list of bars that they can go to after the meeting. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's not a, like a stretch yeah. in terms of an analogy. It's actually the same Absolutely thing. Absolutely not. It's, no, it's, it's, it's not a, a stretch. Because the argument is, well, because it's abortion and it's legal, mm-hmm. you know, shouldn't you be forced uh, to, to promote that since it actually is legal? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the reality is that just because it's legal doesn't mean that someone should be compelled to speak mm-hmm. about something. And in fact, that's one of the things that the framers of the, of, of the, of the Constitution and all of our rights really kind of looked at. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just what you say, but what you're also what you don't say and making sure that people aren't forced to say things that they that they don't want to say. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and the logic behind something like, uh, you know, the logic that the, the abortion lobby is using to, to, to say that, you know, these pregnancy centers should be compelled to pro- provide this information is under the, the, the auspices of, you know, that uh, that clients ha- have a right to have, quote, all the information, right? Right. Because you know, every, every piece of information that is relevant to, that, to the decision that they're making, they should, they should be provided with that information. But, again, with your analogy, you could easily make the same argument that, again, drinking is legal. In fact, you, there's, there are tons of scientific studies that say if you have one drink per day, it's actually good for you. Right. There are exactly. health benefits Absolutely. to drinking having one drink per day. So why shouldn't we compel and force AA to say, we, we feel the need to give you all the information. So while yeah, we're yeah. telling you that you shouldn't drink, we also we feel the need to also tell you that yeah. there are places available for you to get alcohol because, yeah. you know, there are health benefits to drinking alcohol. We, of course, would no one would ever do that. Right. But the logic really is exactly the same. Right. And, and it even goes further than that because it's not just... Because we provide the information about abortion at, mm-hmm. at pregnancy centers, mm-hmm. we understand that it's 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 one of the things that that you know folks who are coming to pregnancy centers come there for. They they want their options. They want to understand. They're they're facing a pregnancy decision, mm-hmm. and one of the decisions could be to have an abortion, which right. is one of the reasons why we we provide factual information about the procedures, the physical, emotional, uh, and spiritual risk connected mm-hmm. to abortion. We give that information, mm-hmm. yeah. but we also give information about other options mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And and obviously we have a point of view. In terms of how we how we um, talk about that, mm-hmm. in, in the sense that we obviously don't want folks to to have an abortion, but we factually give all the information. Absolutely. This is goes even beyond that. Yeah. This is actually to the point of promoting it, right. because you're actually helping them actually gain access to an abortion, and we're essentially doing the marketing right. for Planned Parenthood and the other abortion yeah. providers. It's and oh, by free advertising, absolutely, yeah, for Abs- the abortion abs- industry, absolutely, and it's only one sided, right? Because the other thing that the law didn't do is it didn't compel um, Planned Parenthood and abortion providers mm-hmm. to give the other options, right, right. which are, which are like which are the other options that are available. It didn't say no, no. If you're Planned Parenthood now, you need to be able to provide folks with a list of pregnancy centers that they can go to, or other or serv- adoption or adoptions or, yeah. or anything. Yeah. And when you come into Planned Parenthood and you say you want an abortion, they don't really necessarily have to talk to you about all the options related to that. Mm-hmm. This is basically a kind of a transaction we have. You came in for abortion, we're providing an abortion, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. it really is very much one-sided, and it's trying to use mm-hmm. the government yeah. basically to do something uh, that that really compels people to speak in a way to the benefit of another entity, and that's the reason why Planned Parenthood was able to do that, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and NARAL and others were able to do that in states where they, you know, where they have a pro-choice perspective because mm-hmm. they do have that power. They are sort of a lobby there mm-hmm. and have the ability to, you know, get uh, legislators to, to move in a direction that actually helps benefit uh, their their business yeah. model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So again, folks, you know, pay attention to this masterpiece cake shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission decision, because again, uh, depending on you know how that decision goes down, 
uh, the, the logic and the, and the precedence that's set by that decision could have an impact on the NIFLA versus Becerra case that will be heard soon in the Supreme Court as well. And one of the things we were talking about, it also could work the other way mm -hmm. because there are certain states, for example, that have pro-life perspectives. Mm -hmm. And the other side is that it could actually, they could use the same law to actually force uh, pro-choice folks mm -hmm. right. to speak in a way that they don't like. Right, exactly. So yeah. so really... Really, no one should want the Supreme no Court No one should want this. It's allow very, the state to compel speech. It's very yeah. a short. It's a very short-term perspective, yeah. Uh, yeah. but you could get hoisted on your own petard, so to speak. That's right. Uh, yeah. one of, that. That's one of our favorite sayings. Yes, here yes. Look up petard. That's yeah. your assignment for today. Yeah, yeah, petard. P-E-T-A-R-D, yeah. Get it done. a good one. Get hoisted on your own petard. Yes, yes. Yeah, so... Uh, Topic number two today yes. is, um, we talked about this actually, or you talked about this in one of your life chats, mm -hmm. uh, Pastor Carl Lentz, the yeah. uh, pastor of the uh, Hillsong Church right, in New York City, mm -hmm. uh, was asked on The View about whether or not abortion was considered a sin in his church, mm -hmm. um, and he kind of gave this very vague answer and essentially said people have to live their own convictions. Yeah. So he was really unable to sort of condemn abortion. To his credit, he did come out afterwards yeah. and say, no, and we do believe that abortion is a sin. Um, but at, at that point, you know, the, the cat was sort of out of the bag in a certain sense. Mm -hmm. And for us, really, what we wanted to... And you to, never went that with cats. Yeah, <laughs> You want to keep cats in bags. Yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. Of, Metaphorically Now, speaking. you know, we just lost all the cat <laughs> all the cat. All the cat. Okay, metaphorically so, speaking, we don't want some cats. Some cats. Yeah. <laughs> these are proverbial cats and in, proverbial bags. That's true, yeah. Not real cats in real bags. No actual bags. We're, gonna, be, we're, we're involved in the making of this podcast. Right? Exactly. No, yeah, none were injured. Something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Neither the bags nor the cats were. So, yeah, wow. we're we're in the clear on that one. Wow, Good. thanks, Good. Vince. Thanks. <laughs> this is the this is the danger of doing things live, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so the, yeah. So what were you saying? Uh, <laughs> so Pastor Carl Lentz, yeah, yes. What, you know what we like to really focus on is we like to be constructive and you yeah. know and really kind of focus on what what could be done differently um, mm -hmm. uh, going forward. And really, one of the re one of the things that you really what, that you mentioned. Uh, in your life chat that I'd like to zero in on a little bit more um, is that one of the main reasons that many pastors and not just Pastor Pastor Lentz here, but really if you asked a lot of pastors that question, they would have had a hard time sort of answering that question in a clear way is, be, is, is because churches, many churches, most churches, all churches perhaps, <laughs> don't have a clear ministry, res ministry response to unplanned pregnancies and the abortion crisis in their community. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, if there's somebody that's facing an unplanned preg pregnancy in their congregation, churches don't really have a way, a, a way yeah. for that person to connect into compassionate care that's provided at that church to help them right. make that decision. And because churches aren't providing that, they really feel sort of unequipped or some, in some ways unqualified to give a good strong answer yeah. about abortion. And that's why CareNet is doing what we're doing to equip churches. So why don't yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, it's because in, it's it's interesting because, um, you know, I mean, there's two things that pastors, you know, don't want to do. One, they don't want to be political mm -hmm. and they don't want to be unloving. And those are the two things. And, you know, when you go on a show like The View, um, it certainly is a, is a political environment. They spend a lot of times talking about politics and things of that nature. So my sense is, you know, uh, when Pastor Lynch was asked that question in his head right away, it was like, okay, this is, they're trying to draw me into a political discussion yeah. or they're trying to maybe potentially position me to come across as unloving and uncaring. So how do I, how do I respond to, mm -hmm. how do I respond to that in a way, uh, um, in a way that uh, is, is appropriate? Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, love is, you're balancing two things. Mm -hmm. 
it's, it's compassion and truth, mm -hmm. those two things together. So that's what love is. That's what love is. You're balancing compassion and truth, those two things in balance. So mm -hmm. it can be difficult sometimes when you get that kind of question, if you're thinking about, well, gosh, is this compassionate enough or whatever? And what tends to happen often, frankly, mm -hmm. is that we end up kind of downplaying the truth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that we can overplay the compassion, but the compassion really doesn't turn out to be compassion mm -hmm. because you can't have compassion without an element of truth mm -hmm. because then it's just sentimentality. Right. So Absolutely. you end up in that place where you're kind of going like, oh, okay, how do I respond to this? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a big reason why that there, there's an issue mm -hmm. uh, when, when, for some pastors to respond. They don't want to come across as unloving, mm -hmm. right? And they don't want to get into politics. Mm -hmm. and, and a big reason for this mm -hmm. in terms of not having that response mm -hmm. is what you said, not having a ministry in the church specifically designed mm -hmm. to offer compassion, hope, help, and discipleship mm -hmm. to anyone who's facing a pregnancy decision. And that's what Making Life Disciples is designed to do. So, you know, certainly what we want a pastor to be able to say is, look, of course, the taking of innocent human life is mm -hmm. sin. I mean, of course, you would agree with that, right? Yeah. And, and, and so we're going to call that out. We have a response there. That's what love is, compassion and truth and balance. But let me tell you what we do in our church. Anyone who's facing a pregnancy decision, we have a ministry in our church called Making Life Disciples, and the objective there is to offer compassion, hope, and help to anyone and to come alongside folks who are, who are facing pregnancy decisions because these decisions are not made in isolation in the sense, in, in the sense that, that they're not connected to other things. The person is isolated. And so what we want to do is make sure that we surround that person with the support. And we have a ministry in our church that actually mobilizes small groups in our church to come alongside someone who's facing a pregnancy decision so that a woman doesn't feel that she has no choice but to have an abortion. We, we want to do what we can do to make sure that, that she understands that there's a church body there who loves her and will treat her not the way the Pharisees wanted to treat her, to stone her with condemnation, because we know that you can't stone the woman without stoning the innocent baby, right? You can't stone that. What we want to do is treat her the way that Christ did, which was to do what? He said, neither I condemn you. In other words, acknowledging the sin, right? Mm -hmm. Go and sin no more. Neither I condemn you, but go and sin no more. He linked those two things together because mm -hmm. he had truth. Mm -hmm. He acknowledged truth, but also was linked with compassion. Why? Because he loved. And that's the same model that we have in our church. Mm -hmm. Now, I suspect that if he had responded it like that, mm -hmm. um, there probably wouldn't have been applause from the audience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they, were, they wanted the response that he basically gave, which is why, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, they, they wanted to kind of try to position him that way. Mm -hmm. So, I, And I've been there. I've, I've done a fair amount of media. I've got those gotcha questions. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, the objective there is, the right, is not to elevate truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's right. not what they're typically kind of focused against. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really to try, to try to put you on the spot and get you to say something that, that you wouldn't necessarily say if you had a little more time and if there wasn't yeah. more pressure. So yeah, um, we certainly pray for, for, for the pastor. We're delighted that, that he kind of came back on this. And frankly, I don't even think at the time that he said that he really really kind of had a strong, had that conviction that it wasn't sin. Of course, he, mm -hmm. he had that view because he came out and said that. But, mm -hmm. but when you don't necessarily have a ministry response in your church that you can point directly to, mm -hmm. it can make it more difficult sometimes to you, for you to respond in a way, yeah. uh, to, particularly when you have someone who's trying to draw you into yeah. a political discussion mm -hmm. or try to make you come across as yeah. unloving. Yeah, and I think you know, an anal a good analogy that we've talked about is, is, is an issue like poverty. You know? yeah. Poverty is a political issue, right? Yes. I mean, for the past 50 yeah. years, we've been, you know, the war on poverty and how do you, yeah. you know, fight poverty. Um, but if you ask a church about poverty, a church isn't going to have a hard time giving you a good answer about yeah. what they're doing to fight, to fight poverty. 
because you know we fed X thousand people in yeah. in our community la last year. You know we did this drive for you know giving Christmas gifts to, to underprivileged children. It, you know so churches have ministry responses to fight poverty in their yep. community. So they have no problem giving a good clear answer on that political issue. Absolutely. Um, and we're our hope is that abortion, even though it's a quote. You know, it's been framed as a political yeah, issue. Yeah. That as more and more churches have a a ministry response, they'll be able to give a good clear, uh, good clear answer on that yep. and take it completely out of the political realm yeah. and bring it to where it needs to be, which is this is a ministry issue. This is an issue of people needing needing help yep. and compassion. Yep. Um, and so this is where this is where we make a, uh, an impassioned plea yes. to our listeners and yes. to our viewers yes. to. Uh, we want you to join us in this movement. This isn't something that CareNet can do uh, by ourselves. We need you to help us. Um, so we have a website that is dedicated to this movement. It's called makinglifedisciples.com. And you can go to, there to that website and you can sign up to bring Making Life Disciples ministry to your church. Yep. We're going to give you everything, all the support and the tools that you need in order to, in order to bring that curriculum, bring that program that we've created uh, to your church. We'll tell you how to talk to your pastor. We'll give you uh, all kinds of downloadable, uh, you know, documents to, to to give you all the guidelines that you need in order to successfully do that. So again, makinglifedisciples.com. Join us in this movement to equip our nation's churches with a ministry response to the abortion crisis. So yeah, and I, and I think one of the big things for me is I think about it. You know, um, you know, I've been going to church for many many years, and and. And pretty much every church I've gone to, there have been small groups. They, you know, these small groups that get together during the week. And, you know, typically small groups are about us loving us, mm -hmm, right? It's mm -hmm. that kind of thing, right? right? Well, what if your small group became about us loving them? Mm -hmm. In other words, you have a ministry that you're doing to others. And so you go to pregnancy centers and say, listen, when you have someone who's facing a pregnancy decision, mm -hmm. right, we as a small group have been equipped and trained with making life disciples so we can come alongside. It totally transforms uh, what the small group is doing. Um, and, and instead of it just being in reach, it also has a component of outreach, which is really the ministry response that we're called to, called to have. So again, as Vince said, you know, going to makinglifedisciples.com, get yourself equipped, get yourself ready to go. Uh, there are folks out there who, who, need, who need that compassionate response and it, that only the church can give. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Join, join us in that movement. We're, yes. we're excited to give people the opportunity to do that. Yes. Um, so finally, this, uh, our, our third and final topic here um, is it's, it's the Christmas season now. Or it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. It is. We're here in mid-December. We had our first snow here in we, Virginia a couple did. days ago. Yeah. Uh, a dusting, as they say. It was a dusting. Yes. Uh, cool. but, <laughs> yeah. but we often talk about the story of Christ's birth uh, throughout the year, not just at yes. Christmas time, uh, because it's just so instructive around the work that we do as a pro-abundant life organization. Because right there in the story of Christ's birth, you have Mary and Joseph coming together in marriage uh, having having the Christ child, raising raising him in that married household, uh, to become to be obviously the abundant life that he became for for all of us. Um, and you made a discovery, a really interesting discovery mm -hmm. uh, about this story. So I'm actually I'm going to read a quick Bible verse here, Matthew one eighteen. Now the birth of Jesus yeah. Christ took place in this way: when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before mm -hmm. they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So you actually, what did you find out about the word betrothed? I looked it up. It, it means be truth. Be truth. Yeah. Be it's truth. fascinating. Yeah, it was, it's kind of interesting. So that, that, that notion that, that, that the truth is, is connected into this, this relationship, the marriage relationship, and, and, you know, be true, be truth, that kind mm -hmm. of thing, mm -hmm. and how God came, brought Christ into that 
structure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, he's the way, the truth, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting. So he comes into this structure. And one of the things I've talked about often is that, you know, Scripture says that Jesus was going to be born of a virgin, but it didn't say a married virgin, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. Jesus could have come into the world via a single mother. It, that would have accomplished God's purpose. But it would have violated a design, a principle, a high idea of how God wants children to come into the world. And, the, and, and he found this perfect structure, Mary and Joseph, mm -hmm. right, in this covenant relationship mm -hmm. that affirmed his principle and accomplished his purpose mm -hmm. all in the same time. This truth that was there. And so it, it, so I thought it was kind of interesting because it, it's, it's sort of a declarative relationship, mm -hmm. right? The betrothment is a sort of a declarative mm -hmm. relationship in the public square. Mm -hmm. And it's speaking also about who Christ is, like be truth, like he is truth. Mm -hmm. And he came into this, this mm -hmm. structure. So there was a consistency there. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, obviously, they hadn't consummated the marriage, right, right, right. Uh, so to speak, sexually, mm -hmm. and that's the reason why Joseph, obviously, you know, if he want, he was going to put her away quietly. He was going to divorce her, mm -hmm. so he wasn't going to. So this isn't like an engagement, right? Yeah, you know, they you weren't put, engaged. No, like like on Facebook, and you're like your yeah. status changed. Right. I'm, I'm engaged, and then it goes from, <laughs> and then if it, yeah, that doesn't work out, then you go from engaged to it's complicated. I right. suppose that, that's that's, right, that's, right, yeah. that's what the young people do nowadays. <laughs> that's, 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 right. that's the kids. These that's days, what the kids yeah. do there. But but you know, I'm saying no, it's not that kind of thing. This was a legal covenant relationship. Yeah. that accomplished God's purpose without violating his yeah. principle and his and his design. And I yeah. just thought that that was so interesting. That is really The consistency really yeah. of that narrative in scripture. Yeah, and, and I think a part of another piece of this that's I think very instructive for, for the pro-life movement. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about this word truth and I, and I think we've become very comfortable in the pro-life movement and, and, and rightly so to, to declare the truth that it is a life, right? Yeah. And, and therefore abortion is wrong because it is true that this is a life that's being ended through abortion. But what this whole betrothed thing speaks to is this other truth about the, about the family. Yeah. And, that, and that really is what our pro-abundant life vision is about, that it's not, it's not just about saving that baby, the truth of that life, yeah. but it's also about affirming the truth that God has designed the family to be a certain way that's to bring right. that child into the world. And that's why we're working so hard to help people build strong families yes. so that both of those truths can be lived out you know, and, and brought to fruition. The truth that that child deserves life and the truth that that child deserves to be raised by a married mother and father. And it's just bringing all that, all yeah. that together, of course, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so it's just, yeah. It's just fascinating that that word betrothed means that. Um, yeah, it is. It, it just, it's just amazing. And, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that I think in, in many cases, you know, that we that you know, we may have lost a bit of in, in terms of the pro-life narrative. Yeah. You know, because you know, one of the things that you also see in that story of Mary and, and Mary and Joseph is that when the angel comes to Joseph, the first thing that he says to Joseph was, do not be afraid to take her as your wife. In other words, mm -hmm. he's reinforcing this whole be truth piece in mm -hmm. terms of the, 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 the importance, the sanctity of marriage and family as God designed. Mm -hmm. So first, first, right? First, yeah. right? And then he tells him who Jesus is, which obviously is the sanctity of life, right? right? Yeah. So you have these two things in, in that narrative, the sanctity of marriage and family and the sanctity of life. But, you know, as you know, in scripture, the order of things matters, right? You look at the Ten Commandments, the order matters, what's first, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. And he's affirming first the sanctity of marriage and family, then the sanctity of life. In other words, God created the basket for the child before he created the child. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the challenges that we have 
uh, to some degree because we've chased the other side a little bit, is that we've lost the sanctity of marriage and family part of it in terms of talking about mm. the abortion issue and really focus only on the sanctity of life piece. And I think that that really doesn't even help our movement. It certainly doesn't help children. And it doesn't break the cycle of abortion. Why? Because 86% of the women that have abortions are unmarried. Mm -hmm. So abortion is a marriage issue. And if you want to reduce abortions, how do you do that? Well, we build high quality, low conflict marriages, ideally with people who love their child, love each other, love God, mm -hmm. that kind of thing whenever possible. Mm -hmm. And even if, if, if she can't marry that guy mm -hmm. or he can't marry her because there's, there's issues there, mm -hmm. understand, that, understand that, you still have to have that transformation happening in her mind and in his mind, mm -hmm. that they're relinking fatherhood, motherhood, sex, and marriage consistent mm -hmm. with God's design. Why? Because mm -hmm. if those things are linked in your head properly, mm -hmm. then when you have an opportunity to have sex the next time, mm -hmm. you're saying, well, wait a minute, is when I'm having sex and how I'm having sex consistent with God's mm -hmm. design? Is it consistent with the truth mm -hmm. of God's word? Mm -hmm. Is it consistent? Mm -hmm. And certainly when you look at, through a biblical narrative, you say, well, no, it's not. Therefore, you wouldn't do that, which means you're not going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to have an unplanned pregnancy and therefore mm -hmm. be at risk yeah, for at risk for abortion. So yeah. linking marriage and the sanctity of marriage and family and the sanctity of life together mm -hmm. actually breaks the cycle yes. on the abortion issue. And it models for children mm -hmm. God's design. It models that truth. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about your marriage, that's really what it is. It's a truth statement from God. Mm -hmm. It's a truth statement from God about who he is, what he wants for us, and his design. And it even starts with this patrol process, this be truth. Mm -hmm. Be truth is a consistent narrative that you hear mm -hmm. all the way through scripture. And of course, Christ is the embodiment of all of that. Absolutely. Well, I, could, I can't think of a better way to end this podcast than no. with that. So yeah, that, sounds, cool. that, sounds pretty, that sounds pretty good. So Thank you for tuning in live again here Thank on you. Facebook uh, to CareCast. This full uh, episode uh, will be available on the iTunes uh, you know, podcast platform in a couple weeks. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. It'll, it'll be on our blog. So again, if you go to care-net.org, which is our website, uh, you can find that and uh, Rollins' live chat videos and lots of other great stuff. Yep. So, Thank you so much for tuning in. M Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and may God bless you daily as you serve him faithfully in all you do. Amen? Amen. <laughs>